podcast about making creativity and why we do what we do as makers and creatives. I'm your host, Vincent Ferrari, and I am flying solo tonight. That's right. Ethan's in Rwanda again. He's probably going to actually accept his official reward um, for being such a fine citizen. It wouldn't be a reward. That would be an award. Oh, well. Screwed up the joke. Anyway, we do have a guest tonight, um, which is really funny because um, usually when we have a guest, um, I get really, really, really nervous. But tonight, I'm only like 22 nervouses because this guest tonight happens to be one of my favorite makers, um, someone who we've kind of become like online friends, like 2020 friends, which is really 2021 friends now. And it's really, really cool to finally get a chance to talk to her. And I've teased having her on a few times, people that... People that know, know that I wanted to have her on a few times and our schedules finally synced up and I finally have her. So I have the one and only Emily, but you guys would know her on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok as Tomatoda. Hi, Emily. How are you? Hi. I'm good. A little nervous. A little bit. Don't be nervous. Don't be nervous. Everyone's going to freaking love you. (laughs) Okay. I realized something today because... I, it's weird. Like I didn't really need to do too much research on you because when I first found you on YouTube a couple of months ago, um, I pretty much watched your whole back catalog. You know, oh gosh, and, yeah, I just couldn't help it. It was it's so much fun, and one of the fun things I didn't realize you had a tagline on your YouTube channel, but I noticed it today, and I'm like, oh, that's so perfect. Your tagline for your YouTube channel is crafting for adults. Yeah, because um, a lot. <laughs> Lip smacking <laughs> because a lot of people complain about the cursing and like I guess the sexual innuendos but like just because I'm a crafter doesn't mean I have to be wholesome and I think as a crafter you kind of curse even more because you know mistakes happen and instead of getting like um like really angry at one thing you just let out a curse and then move on and then it's it's so it's funny because there's such an interesting comparison between what you make and what comes out of your mouth. Like I called you, I'm going to, the title of this episode is the queen of, the queen of Kauai Tomatoda. And you know, you, you actually were the, the maker that kind of got me into this whole Kauai situation. Oh, and you know, I'm watching, you're making these cute little animals with these little cute little ears and the rosy cheeks and smiles and little dot eyes. And you're dropping like F-bombs and S-bombs. And I'm like, what is going on here? This is so <laughs> bizarre. And But it's it works so well. And I like your disclaimer at the beginning, basically telling people like, hey, listen. And people still m- come. <laughs> they do? You, I was going to ask you that. So at the beginning of all of her videos, she actually has... I'm talking about you like you're not in the room. At the beginning of your videos, you have the disclaimer that says that there's profanity and this is not for children, even though the stuff is cute and you may be tempted to think it's for children, blah, blah, blah. You still get complaints about profanity? Yes, I do. And it's kind of annoying because I put that warning out there on purpose. And I also have my videos um, so kids can't watch it. Mm -hmm. But people will comment, my kids saw this and... I can't believe what they heard. And I'm just like, why are your, how did your kids get access to my videos? First of all, Uh, be a better parent, restrict your children's access. Exactly. And then, you know, this one lady, she actually watched, she commented on like five of my different videos saying like, she likes my work, but she hates my language. (laughs) 
<laughs> and I was like, well, you can just mute it or just not watch it. And yeah, really, I, I hated it so much. I had to watch multiples to make sure how much I hated it. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I guess just just to be a hundred percent sure. What what I love though, what I love though, is that there is that contrast between the stuff you make is just impossibly cute most of the time. Like oh, there is just, you. it's just oh it. It makes you feel really good. And then, you know, every time, every time you're making stuff and, you know, you're just getting, I'm just getting into it. And I'm like, oh, it's so cute. Like, I think it was the Animal Crossing tray. And I'm like, oh, this is amazing. I love this. I love this. And it's like, yeah, we'll just put this S right here. And I'm just like, wait, oh, right. I forgot who I was watching for a minute. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I I don't think this is anything like new or anything different because all my other crafter friends are are also kind of similar to me. I don't mm-hmm. know. I found a lot of people that are like me. So I never really thought that the way I talk and the contrast with my videos was anything like that. It would be anything of an issue. But I guess it's not as common as I thought it was. No, it's definitely. I mean, I started following. So you were one of the first people I followed in, you know, the, I don't know what to even call it, like the clay kawaii space. Mm-hmm. And you're, the, that whole resiny clayy kind of thing and i started following a whole bunch of people around the same time mm. and you were the only one like they're like so super wholesome and it's like i can't imagine you like for example i can never imagine you having like a a paint a pink pencil with like a fuzzy top like i just like i feel like you would look at that and go ugh, Actually, no that is i would do that <laughs> i would <laughs> You would have it or you'd go, ugh. I I would go, ugh. (laughs) See? Exactly. So you're like the, you're almost like, like the leather jacket of Kawaii Crafting. Like the rebel, you know, the Uh. untamed rebel. I love it. I absolutely love it. I think it's so different. And it's kind of refreshing that there's not just this constant, like, swamp of sameness, you know? Oh, thank you. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. It's just me. And I I don't, I can't really say much because I just didn't think much of it like i said before like i i know other people that are similar to me so i mm -hmm. always thought that was normal but i mean you are right a lot of crafters are really um wholesome especially Mm -hmm. in the clay community they Uh are like super duper nice angels and they have so much patience and i just don't understand how much how they have that kind of patience but also you know there's some of people that are just like me as well so well, what I what I do like, what I do like is that there is a variety, right? Like it's not just the same things from the same people over and over again. Like there's, I I like all of this stuff. Like I like stuff that's ridiculously cute. And for those of you keeping track at home, and I know Emily already knows this, but I'm a 45 year old guy, and I get all squishy when I see like <laughs> kittens. Like it's like, oh my god, kawaii kittens are one of my favorite things, and I get made fun of you know jokingly not like maliciously but i get made fun of all the time for it i don't even care i just think it's i think it's an adorable style and i like i kind of like that there is a little bit of like i said a little bit less of the sameitude you know from what you do to even some of the you know some the people that don't talk i kind of dig that i like the fast time lapse versions Mm -hmm. i like the ones that do like a half hour video to make one project Mm because they're doing like these full-on explanations like there's a lot of different stuff in this space it's like if you want to just be entertained watching people make stuff you can if you Mm want to learn how to make stuff you can if Mm -hmm. you just 
want to get a good laugh from someone who's just got a really big personality, you could do that too. It's kind of cool, actually. It it is, it is, and yeah, I guess you know you have a lot of options to choose from, to like、mm-hmm. what to watch. So like, I really don't know what my style would be. So in the beginning, I did、um, kind of like experiment with all those types that you said, like just watch me craft or. You know, just full on explanations or no explanations at all, and something like that. But、um, I found that over time, I my style is I have to explain, or else I get like a hundred questions in the comments, and then I end up like spending more hours replying to those comments and the repetitive comments. And I kind of have a hard time ignoring people.、Mm. Um, so and. <laughs> So I, yeah, so, <laughs> so I can't like just leave them un- unless it's really no offense, but sometimes people leave really stupid questions. So、mm-hmm. unless it's a really stupid question, I won't answer it. But for the most part, if they're legit questions, I will spend a lot of time trying to be as thorough as possible. So I thought, you know what, it's just better to be thorough in the video in the first place. I never thought of I never thought of vo like I like. Ever- Most, you know, in the in the makerspace that I'm more involved in,、mm-hmm. pretty much everyone does VO in one form or another. And like someone like Jimmy Deresta, for example, he does VO as a way of, you know, as a bonus for his patrons. But he、mm-hmm. generally does two versions of his video. He just has the sped up, time lapsey version that he does, and then the VO version goes onto his Patreon so everyone can see it.、Mm-hmm. And I never thought of the VO as a way to just head off the questions you will invariably get when you're showing people how to do stuff. That's ir- that's actually interesting. Usually, VO is people use VO as like, oh no, we just have to add a VO because it's a video, and that's what you do. And、mm-hmm. you're actually using it kind of as a utilitarian thing. I like it. Yeah, I, I I think it is a little bit like dumb for me to do that too because the more comments I get, the more engagement I get, which means that you know my my videos end up being having more engagement, which、mm-hmm. will push it out more. But then I don't know, just I can't seem to let that happen. <laughs> you you don't well yeah because. I, I I get. See, the thing is, the kind of questions you're going to get are different, though. Like, if you're explaining your process as you're going, the questions tend to be a little deeper, and they are a little more fun to answer. Whereas somebody will say, "What brand of clay do you use?" It's like again, <laughs> yeah, answer this again, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Oh my god! And the thing is, like, you have a frequently asked questions section that explains all that stuff too, but. Yeah, you might as well just not even have that. Forget that. No one's reading that. <laughs> I, th- I think I did delete it. Actually, it's like whatever. I'll just how answer. Did you, how did you? So how did you end up in this space? Like, what's your what's your background? Do you have any、um, formal artistic training, or is this just a hobby that you just got really good at and decided to start filming it? Or how did this all get started for you? Um. So I've. I've crafted since I was like really little because、um, I was an only child, so I played in my room by myself a lot, and usually it was like crafting,、mm. and is yeah I don't even when I look at it it looks like trash, but back then it was so fun, and、um, I think it really helped me develop like my motor skills,、mm-hmm. um, and then I went to college, and my parents said you can't do art because you can't get a job. So <laughs> I went to college, and for the first two years 
in university, I was undeclared. And I tried to um, dabble in a bunch of different classes to see what I can major in. And not going to lie, I'm not very smart academically. So I failed a lot of classes. And then I took art because it was a general, what's it called? It was a GE. And mm-hmm. I took art and I loved it. And I was like, I'm sorry, mom and dad. I'm going to be an art major. Oh, no. <laughs> and so, yeah, I majored in art. But it was... um. Uh, it was called visual art. Mm-hmm. So it's art theory. Okay. Yeah. And then, of course, after that, I couldn't really uh, get a legit job because what? Yeah. What so, are you going to do with that degree? Exactly. <laughs> but I don't regret it because I did enjoy um, I did enjoy the art department mm-hmm. and like my all of my classes in college. And um, it really developed me into who I am today. Uh, because previously before that, I was a different person. Um, I never cursed. I was a goody two shoes, followed the rules, just very wholesome person. And then after I became an art major, it corrupted me and <laughs> <laughs> it gave me freedom. <laughs> it gave me freedom. And so, if you, you know, I'm happy with how things developed, but um, um, I still couldn't get a job regardless mm-hmm. of that. So uh, I ended up teaching English in Korea. And then one of my students, she loves crafting. So she knew I was an art major. And she was like, teacher, make this for me. And after she was my last class. So I would stay like an hour extra just crafting with her after class. Oh, wow. And yeah, she's the one who got me into polymer clay. So wow. she, yeah, so she she bought it, and then she would be like, "Make this line for me." She'll show me a picture, and then like, I'll go home, and then I'll make it, and then like the next time I see her, I'll like bring it to her and stuff like that. Oh and then wow! She was that, also she was that also little girl the, created Tomatota as we know her. <laughs> yeah, she got me so much into it because I've tried clay before. Um, in college, it was a it was what was. Primo. It was the no. Mm-hmm. It wasn't Primo, but it's Sculpey three. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm using now because I'm incompetent and I don't know how to use anything like adults use. So I use what children use. Oh my gosh! Don't <laughs> use Sculpey three because oh I'm my learning. goodness, it I, sucks. It does suck. It sucks so <laughs> much. And I didn't know at that time in college. I didn't know it was just it's the cheapest and it's mm-hmm. you know very easy to handle. Mm-hmm. So I used Sculpey 3 and like, I was like, this isn't fun. It looks like, it looks like a blob. Yeah. So then it doesn't um, hold its shape at all, by the way. It doesn't. And it melts in your hands really yep. easily. So, um, all right, good I, to know. Yeah. Out I, goes my clay supply. <laughs> I mean, you could use it as filler clay, you know? Right, right. Yeah. So that's what, that's what I thought polymer clay was until she, she brought her clay, which was a uh, female professional. Mm-hmm. And which is as hard as a rock mm-hmm. <laughs> it is it is and my shoulders hurt every time i use it but it's it comes everything comes out so beautifully like mm-hmm. after you condition it after you torture yourself conditioning it like when you make something it looks like what you want it to look like and it it has that nice so i'm working on i'm making so one of our one of our listeners emmett from uh dead rise woodcrafts mm-hmm. He's doing a he's doing a maker's chest set 
and they're all makers. Mm -hmm. He's donating it to an LGBT charity. Mm -hmm. So I had the bright idea. I'm like, okay, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make a rainbow out of polymer clay, mm -hmm. out of a block. I'm going to chuck a, a threaded rod into the middle. I'm going to put that in my drill, and then I'm going to hit it with the, the Dremel as the drill turns it. I'm going to basically use it as a lathe and try to make a pawn out of it. And oh. I ended up, so I baked it for, <laughs> I baked it for an hour. Uh-huh. An hour. And it came out soft. I'm like, how much more do I have to bake this stupid thing? So I put it in for another half hour, and it burnt. I ended up with like, looked like burnt toast when I took it out, but I could not get it to firm up in the oven enough. Mm. Even now, like I drilled the hole in the center, but it's not really as firm as I would want it. And I'm starting to think that, you know, cause I, I see, I watch Samantha from Jessima tutorials mm -hmm. and she gets, when she makes the, makes jewelry, mm -hmm. she just drops a piece, you know, she bakes it and drops it on that ceramic tile and it clangs. And I'm like, that's what I want. I want that clangy really Hardness. nice and i just i think it's just sculpey three just doesn't do no, that it like, does not it mm. does not and it's brittle it is super duper brittle too interesting yeah. you, See, you need to upgrade your clay to at least primo mm -hmm. like fimo is a little bit harder to find in the states mm -hmm. but primo is like everywhere it's it's an upgraded sculpey three they're from the same company but mm -hmm. primo is definitely will get you results way better than sculpey like you need to throw that into trash or something all right how I'm much did you buy uh, well good thing the good thing is all i bought was like one of those starter kits that has a whole mm -hmm. bunch of like the quarter ounce blocks of the small colors so mm -hmm. i have a lot of it but i don't have a lot in total so it's fine i can just i'll just like you said use it as using it as filler is actually a good idea i actually saw you do that with some scraps yeah. um when you made the was it the cake slice tray and i was like that's genius like you had all this extra clay and you didn't have enough of the blue yeah so you just rolled a ball of it and flattened it into the middle i'm like oh wow that's smart because you're never gonna see that that's okay exactly yeah i don't like to waste the clay i heard some people throw away their scrap clay and i'm like no why would you do i don't understand like that stuff keeps for like six years like why exactly. would you throw it away? like polymer clay never really goes bad you know for a long time so like just keep it around. You never know. It's it's fun because you do you work with things that I I really like. You work with polymer clay, which I'm I'm going to readily admit I don't use polymer clay for much. I haven't sculpted a whole lot. I've toyed with it and tinkered with it, and I haven't had a lot of success. I'm thinking I'm just going to get different clay, and maybe that's probably the reason I'm just not enjoying it. Mm. But you also deal with resin. And you deal with like shrink plastic. And I'm like, oh my God, everything that's fun in the world she makes with it. It's just awesome. Because I like to have a fun time, man. <laughs> you like making, I, I've started, I, I feel like, I know I make a lot of bigger stuff like cutting boards and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But I feel like when I really want to relax and wind down, making smalls is where it's at. Like I like making jewelry. I like making little pieces. The I little like making, details. Yeah. All that stuff. Like the stuff that's colorful and bright and you know that kind of cheers you up a little bit or you know you're in a mood like i have more beaded bracelets that i wear mm -hmm. than any human being should ever have i pro i have a box of them that i don't even have anymore that i gave to a professional photographer to photograph for my website mm -hmm. i don't even have them anymore and i still have more than i know what oh to do oh my gosh That's i just so love making them you know it's it's fun and i always wonder how much of the stuff that you make do you keep? How much do you give away? Like, because you make a lot of stuff, a lot, a lot of stuff. 
Um, I I try to give away as much as I can. I don't keep a lot of it because oh, good. I just enjoy the making process. I like experimenting, which is why I try a bunch of different fun things. Mm-hmm. I love to just experiment and see what the limits are and see what the results are. And I just like the process of crafting and seeing it at the end is like, it makes me happy too. But then after that, it's like, what am I going to do with it? It's just going <laughs> to, you know, take up space. I can't really... Because I've tried displaying it and it just gets dusty. And yeah, it's another rather, thing to clean. <laughs> yeah, it's another thing to clean. So I'd rather just have somebody who will make use of it have it. So I put, you know, I either sell it or I just give it to friends or family or with orders and stuff like that. Do people, do the people around you know how internet famous you are? Or is it just, you know, mm. you don't really talk about it with them? Well, it depends because, you know, the people around me here, since I just moved here, don't really know anything about me. <laughs> oh, good. Maybe that's good. You could be incognito. You won't get recognized in Trader Joe's or whatever. <laughs> but I mean, I think my my fr- my close friends and family, like they all know, and they're very supportive. They like watch all my videos, like all my posts, comment on them. Like they're my original supporters, so you know they know. But um, I can't really say I'm like that big because there's just so many other people that are like way bigger than i am there there are i mean okay i'm just gonna tell you and i've i've said this to you and i've said it on this show and i probably said it at the beginning i don't even remember what i said at the beginning but as far as i'm concerned you're like the gold standard like i like your stuff. no (laughs) no 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 i like your stuff the best like i know that there are people that make a lot of stuff but i just like i think it's like between you and samantha are the two that like when I want to learn something about polymer clay, or if I want to watch someone make something out of polymer clay, you guys are like the first two that Aww, come to mind. Like I think you. of polymer clay, I think of you two. And there are very few people like my wife is very, very into you two also. Like she loves your stuff. Like we sit there and when, you know, you'll drop an F bomb, we'll just crack up laughing and, sh- and you'll finish something and put it on the screen and be just like, Damn, that is real nice. Oh, thank you. Know. you. That oh, means a lot. We watch you. Like, I know I can't. It's really funny because I know I can't watch. There are a couple of things I can't watch on YouTube unless I'm watching them with her. You're one of them. Samantha's one of them. And it's like, I kind of, I know I lump you two together, even though you don't make similar things. But I love watching the process because I've done, I have done some stuff with Clay. Mm-hmm. And I've learned so much just watching you go. You know, even though you don't really technically do the watch me craft type videos, mm-hmm. um, but I've learned a lot watching your process and, you know, how you handle clay and smoothing it out and cutting it. And one of the things that I've learned watching you that just blows my mind, and I really do have a lot of trouble wrapping my head around, I always say this, your cane work is the best I know of. Oh, thank you. And like, cause you do, you don't just do like really cool patterns in canes, which is kind of some, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Like basic. the tiles or like the flowers type of thing. Yeah. Like you do actual recognizable characters in your clay. Like I remember when you did the Pikachu one, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> like, oh my gosh. How the hell did you get Pikachu in a cane? Like, and I've, I've kind of started to understand to the point where somebody we watched did Panda bread mm-hmm. in a baking video. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it does, it, it was done the same. Similar. I was like, oh, that's what Tomatota does when mm-hmm. she makes her, when she makes her cane. So it's, it's amazing to me that you can visualize. And this is, I, there was a point to me bringing all this up. How do you visualize something? as a cane 
And do you get it right on the first attempt or is it something that through trial and error, you work out a process and then you film the process? Um, I actually just do it and I, I don't have the energy to, I don't have the willpower to remake things. So, so <laughs> if you see it in my video, it's probably my first time making it. Usually, wow. it usually is. But um, actually, that Animal Crossing King, that was my second time because the first time was just really bad. The shape was just a hair off. It was just a little like... A <laughs> no, phantom... it was not just a hair off. It, it was... was just a hair off. It no. was propor- the proportions were off. That's all it was, really. Everything was, just... was off in my mind. <laughs> we're yeah. our own harshest critics, aren't we? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That was really cool. I remember, I remember that because you made the cane and then you turned it into a tray, which was like, that's really freaking cool. It like, was fun. I, it was fun. I, I don't, I don't get I mean, I get the end result and I've seen your processes enough to understand the way you do it. I don't get how you go from brain to cane the way you do. Like, I, it's like magic to me. Like, I would have to draw it out and like cut it in my brain or like draw lines to know where to cut things. And you just kind of. I mean, no, that's that's basically what it is. It is. Oh, really? You, you, you know, when you draw and like you have to kind of like eyeball how far the nose is from the eye or like mm-hmm. how far the ears are from the the head or something like that. Like you kind of do that, but just with your eyes and you think in your head how to cut it. Or lately, I actually do do it on paper to show in video how it's cut because a lot of people are asking me how they that same mm-hmm. question. So I kind of like draw it on paper and then I show them like, in relation to the eyes and the nose, you have to cut here and you have to cut there. So, I mean, you're right. You you do have to like cut it up, but. Uh, I was amazed at like, so when I, when I first watched your first few videos, I was like, well, how does she get the eyes in there? Like I thought, I literally thought, cause when you're a kid and you work with clay, mm-hmm. you know, you get, you get your tubes of Play-Doh and you roll everything completely flat and you use cutters and you layer things on top of each other. But then I see you have like 55 little coins of something. I'm like, there's no way she's doing one at a time of this. How the hell does this even work? And I think the first time I saw you make a cane, I was like, I don't understand. This is magic. Like it was just pure magic. And now it's kind of making sense. Yeah, it does. It You have to watch it a few times, but the process makes so much sense. And it's so, I don't know, it's almost soothing. Like, and then you cut the first slice and you look at it and go, oh, it didn't work. But then you cut the second slice. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh yeah, no, it's perfect. Here it is. It's yeah. right here. Yep. It's hiding a little bit further back. <laughs> yep. I mean, I, I can't really explain it either. Cause like when I first did Kane's, it was um there's a youtuber called youtuber named Clayzu and he does the stuff I mean I learned from him basically I watched one of his videos and he was making a dog and he there was actually no explanation or anything but as I saw him for some reason it just clicked in my mind how it all worked so I watched more of his videos and every time I watched it it just more clicks are happening I'm like that's how you make it and then I tried it and it worked so like um I can't like when people ask me specifically how it happens, it's just like, I don't know. You kind of look at it and then you just get it. You see it. Yeah, like, you, you just t- see it. You just see it. Yeah. It's, I, it's, well, I can't do it yet. I'll get there. But watching you do it is just like, oh, yeah, I understand. I may not be able to do it, but I finally have started to understand the process of putting it all together. And it's like, oh, okay. baby steps. That's why I try to make some like easy tutorials like mm-hmm. that. 
that are simple so that people can at least get started. And once they start, maybe they can do more complicated canes. But then I, I thought it was simple, but some people told me, actually, that's not even simple either. <laughs> so I was like, I don't know how much more simpler I can get, but I think you just have to start and like, just once you like, kind of like origami, when you look at it, you're like, I don't see how that works out. But then once you actually put your hands on it, you're like, oh, okay, I see it now. This actually makes much more sense after you do it a few times. It's the same with the clay. Like, you know, the first few times I watched someone work with clay and it was like, why does everyone use a pasta machine? Like, <laughs> I don't understand. And then I made my first Skinner blend and I'm like, oh yeah, no, I definitely understand why people use a pasta machine now. Mm-hmm. Like you it starts, it's, it's weird. Cause I had a pasta machine for years and years and years and years. For pasta? <laughs> yeah. Allegedly. I don't <laughs> like I ever made pasta with it. It's actually sitting in my craft room now so that I can make Skinner blends with it. Like <laughs> I have no use whatsoever for making pasta. Like I have no time for that. Let me make stuff out of clay. That's what I have time for. I'm pretty sure most of their sales are to clay, like clay I, crafters. You know, it's, it's funny. Cause I don't, I know so many people that own pasta machines mm-hmm. in one form or another. And I think they'd be horrified to know how many more people probably own them to flatten clay and blend clay. And right. <laughs> it's, we're all rebels. <laughs> hey, whatever works, you know. We need to find I li- way. I like the way you. I like the way you. Um, I like the way you said that you try to re- be responsive to you know the, what people perceive as the difficulty level for the stuff that you make because, I mean, to an outsider, everything you make looks impossible, right? So yeah, I guess there's there's like a there's a fine line between making the channel just boring for anyone with any skill level. And not being over everyone's head. And you seem to manage to find a good balance between, oh, look, today we're going to make, like when you did the Christmas canes, those were relatively simple, but they were, they were like something that you could pick up and do something that the average person could pick up and do. And, you know, then you'll go out and you'll do a Pikachu cane. And it's like, what the hell is wrong with you, woman? Like, (laughs) you know, you go from like simple stuff to what are you out of your freaking mind? But I like the way you manage to balance your projects out that they're some are just really, really complicated, really difficult. And then it's like you manage to keep people from tuning out from having too many of those in a row by kind of easing up a little bit and going, okay, we're going to go a little bit back to basics now. Like even Mm -hmm. when you did the hair ties, it was just UV resin. It was such a simple project. They looked great. It's like, that is an approachable project. Do you, are you consciously juggling these in your head or is it just responding to need or yes because i want people to learn (laughs) or not learn Mm -hmm. i don't want you don't have to learn but like i would like people to like know how to make things and not like like i've seen some videos where it's just really really complicated and i'm Mm -hmm. just like i don't have time to make this like i don't have the energy to make this i mean i loved watching the video but like realistically who's gonna really make this and I like I like being functional. I guess mm-hmm. I like functional things. So I want my videos to also be functional. So if people are watching it, I would like to see them give it a try and learn, you know. So mm-hmm. that's why I do it. And then the complicated ones is just because I get bored if I make too many simple ones. And I do like challenges sometimes with crafting. So uh, the complicated ones are for me, you know, not for <laughs> not for you, not for you. It's for my own satisfaction. You're so. allowed to be a little bit. You're allowed to be a little bit self indulgent. I mean, it's I'm huge. always it, selfish. <laughs> it's a, it's you know what you have to though because if the work if 
especially when you're a content creator and you've got to constantly like you have to constantly churn. I don't I don't like the term churn out because not every content creator on YouTube does that, but you really do have to churn mm-hmm, out content. Mm-hmm. Even even if it's irregularly, you're always looking for the next thing to make a video yeah. about. It's it's again, it's that balancing act of, oh, do I just throw something together or do I do something that I actually enjoy? And a lot of people, you know, we've talked about it on this podcast a lot where when when the maker themselves isn't engaged in the thing that they're making, it starts to show through and then yeah, the, qual- the quality does. drops and it does. You can totally tell. That's why I don't I, I don't like to make things. That's why I don't do commissions because mm-hmm. usually a commission is like somebody else's vision or somebody else's, you know, idea. And when I, I'm being forced to make it for them, so I'm not into it. And the quality definitely drops. And then I have to force myself to make it look better. And then it just stresses me out so much. So... Yeah. Do you find yourself? Do you find yourself policing your quality a little bit? Hard? Like, if you're not doing commissions, I know, I know you're still doing stuff for your shop. But do you find yourself? Because I see a lot of, particularly like art bloggers and art YouTubers, they they police themselves very hard on their quality. Like, I was looking. Um, we have a guest coming up in a, I think next week. Actually, yeah, next week. Our guest next week. I was looking at. She's doing a sale this week of stuff from her shop that was considered imperfect. Mm-hmm. And I'm just looking at it going, really? Like, what am I doing with my standards? Because if that's your definition of imperfect, I'm screwed. <laughs> you know? Yep. And, like, are you like, are you like one of those like super perfectionist types? And yes, I am. Actually I am. And you know, when I sell things for B grade and people receive it and there's like, they're like, why is this B grade? It looks A grade to me. It looks perfectly fine. I'm like, no, no. If you look, there's that little tiny dust in the corner over there. And, <laughs> you know, that's why it goes down. So sometimes um, I have my husband judge it for me instead. That's a good idea. Yeah, because we're our own worst critic, right? So I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. this is this is crap. This is crap. I, I can't sell this. And then I have him look at it and he either says, no, it's fine. It's fine. No one can see this except you. Then I'm like, do you, okay. do you ever hand it to him going, I think this is perfect. And you're just waiting for him to go, no, it's not. And then he goes, yeah, it is. And you go, oh, thank God. I don't want to make that. Again. I'm just no, no, because I never <laughs> hand it to him saying, do you, I think this is perfect. I never say that. That's the <laughs> issue. I'm like, everything, everything I make, I'm always like, oh, there's that one little thing that's just off. But then I'm too scared to actually fix that little thing or else it's going <laughs> to ruin the whole entire thing. Well, like, that's that's the problem, right? Because the stuff you make isn't like so. When woodworkers do like a cabinet and it sucks, it's like, mm-hmm. well, this side can go up against the wall and no one will notice. But your stuff is is small and it's meant to be handled and it's meant to be looked at up close because it's tiny. So people mm-hmm. are naturally going to look at it up close to get all the detail. And I guess if if something's a little bit off with it, it's going to jump out at you a lot more than it would for say, you know a cabinet, you know, oh, there's a, a scratch on the side of it. Yeah, but that side's up against the wall. No one's ever going to see true. that. But if there's a, a cockeyed ear hook on your, on an earring you made, it's going to be pretty People, obvious yeah. when the person wears it. <laughs> exactly. So I, it, it drives me insane sometimes. And I think that's also a reason why I can't seem to mass produce as many things. Mm-hmm. Just because the more items you make at once, the more ish, like flaws there are mm-hmm. so i kind of limit myself to a certain amount each time well especially like when you're doing stuff like canes where you're you know you're making multiple things from one cane i can imagine like that's got to be like you're 
you fin- you do all this work, you put the cane together, you reduce it, reduce it, reduce it, you spend hours doing it, you chop it up and you go, damn it. That's not what I wanted. <laughs> that, that was my Pikachu cane, actually. Because the thing is, when you make the cane, uh, when it's uh, the original size, when it's huge, it looks mm-hmm. good. But once you reduce it, the distortion will pop up. Mm-hmm. And then when I cut it, the image I kept looking at for hours and hours, that huge image doesn't look like the <laughs> sliced image. And now I'm just like, oh, I messed. I can see where I messed. I was like, oh, I was nervous about this. I should have done that. I should have done this. Oh, my gosh. Why did I do that? Why did I learn from my lesson last time? <laughs> we never do, though, right? That's oh, the other thing. <laughs> like, yeah, especially when you're doing something that's not like a specific process. Like, it's... I, I noticed that when people talk about reducing canes, like reducing square canes is a good example. It's oh, like, gosh. yeah, you got to be careful because you got to maintain proportions. Like, yeah, of course you got to maintain proportions. And then you do it. You're like, oh, yeah, I shit, I made a rectangle. Proportions. <laughs> I made a rectangle. <laughs> it's like, that's not a square anymore. Oh, yep. well. I guess it's going to be a rectangle this time around. Actually, my chess piece that I was talking about is just um, strips of the different colors of the rainbow. And I was going to try to roll it Mm -hmm. to make it into a cane. Mm -hmm. And as I was rolling it, it broke. And I'm like, oh, I guess I'm just going to do a a square cane now. And I stacked the two halves that broke on top of each other. Oh, my gosh. I was like, I got really, I didn't know what to do with it. And I was like, I really don't want to do this over. And in the end, it's going to be a chess piece. And it just, I wanted to convey the rainbow thing. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I can totally understand. Like, and that wasn't even that detailed. It was really, really simple. I was very meticulous though. I made sure all the stripes were the same size and it looked really good. And I was very happy. And I started flattening. And as I'm flattening it, Uh um, I start to see the colors bleeding onto each other. Uh-oh. So I started flattening it the other way to straighten it out. It kind of worked. But I was like, that's okay. That'll be on the inside then. And as I started rolling it, literally in half it broke. And I'm like, all right, I'll just stack it. Fine. It'll work. But I'm I'm like, I'm all I was thinking, all I was thinking as I was doing was like, damn it, Tomatota makes this look so easy. <laughs> oh, I know I, it's not, but you make it look easy sometimes. I, I know how you feel. Like I told told you about that Zoo channel. He makes it look so easy. I get mm-hmm. so mad. Like I know it's not easy for him. It's just he, apparently he's been doing it for 13 years. And that's oh, wow. why he's so good. But like when I watch him just so effortlessly like blend and make these amazing canes, I get like I start just cursing like – who are you? Like, why? why? <laughs> but then I'm, I, I kind of think that also maybe when people watch my videos, they might think the same way. Probably. I imagine there's probably a good contingent of your audience that watches and goes, Jesus Christ, are you kidding? Like, how am I going to do that? <laughs> you just, just do it. Nike, just do it. <laughs> do you have people that, do you have, I, I imagine since your stuff is so, I, w- I don't want to say tutorials because it's not really a tutorial. It's more of a, it's more of a loose how-to. Because you don't say step by step, do this, then do this, then do this. You kind of because there's a lot of um, a lot of things that if it doesn't work, if this method doesn't work out for you, there's always like an alternative you can do. Mm-hmm. So like with canes, like I don't really want to say do this and do that because right. if this doesn't work out for you, you can always do something else. Like like you know how um, sometimes I use a drill to like make mm-hmm. the holes. If that doesn't work for you, you can totally use a straw. You know, it depends on your preference and your comfort. So gotcha. that's why I don't like to be too much like you have to do it like this because there's not just one answer. 
there has to be there has to be a bunch of people that have come back to you that you've exposed to this as people going I, I I didn't even know how to do this. And look what I did. I can't believe you taught me how to do this. That's you got to get a lot of that. I can only imagine you must get blown up with people going, I didn't know how to do this before, but I tried it because you showed it. And do you get those people? And have you Not had any lot. in particular that hit you? Not a lot, but I do get people who have followed my tutorials and then they'll show me their results. And I get very excited um, I think the last one was actually my Animal Crossing uh, leaf tutorial. That was so good. Yeah, someone actually did it, and it came out pretty good. And I was like, oh, my goodness, that makes me <laughs> so happy. And, like, you know, some people, like, it won't come out exactly perfect, but it, they're almost there. And I'll just be like, yo, just just practice. Like, you just have to practice, and you will get there. Like, you got this far you got mm-hmm. it's pretty good just keep going and i i try to encourage them to keep going because they they, they did it to a certain extent you know mm-hmm. they got the hard part out of the way they got started right because yep. that's that's always the hardest part one of the things i like about polymer clay as far as um as far as a media to, a medium to work with is it it's not that expensive mm-hmm. even the good stuff like what we would call the quote good stuff isn't really that expensive mm-hmm. and the tools I mean, yeah, you can spend the money on tools. Some of the tool sets are very expensive, but I got I got a slicer and a roller in one set, and then I got all the sculpting tools in another set. I think I probably am into polymer clay stuff for about 30 bucks. Like mm-hmm. it's really easy. It's such an approachable thing. Like even more so, like I love working now. I don't work a lot with polymer clay, but I work a lot with resin. Mm-hmm. I love working with resin. And that's not approachable. Like even on the cheapest end, resin is a very, very expensive thing it to do. Is. But what I love about polymer clay is that it's kind of um, – it levels the playing field. And I don't know that people realize that it's not just for making like gingerbread men and Gumby. Like there is some really high-end jewelry. There's someone um, – Turtle Soup Beads. Mm-hmm. She does the most amazing beadwork and she does it all with polymer clay. Like all of her beads are done with polymer clay. That's amazing. And I just watch it and I'm like, she makes these, what's funny, what I love about her is she doesn't make like, like beaded necklaces or Mm -hmm. she doesn't make like malas. She makes like statement pieces, like with hundreds and hundreds of beads on them. And she just sits there and she sculpts, you know, with her hands, she shows you how to sculpt flowers and she's sculpting flowers and she's sculpting you know, different shape beads. She's doing rondelles and barrel beads and seed. She makes her own seed beads. I'm like, oh my goodness, out of your freaking mind. We need like a thousand of those to make a little (laughs) tiny ring. For those of you that don't know, a seed bead is about a millimeter, generally about a millimeter with a hole that's about a third of that. So they're those super, super duper tiny beads. Usually you see them in like Native American art. It was about that size. For those of you that haven't worked with them, they are super tiny. She makes all her own of those and it's like, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand the that patience. level. Patience. Of... Oh my gosh, those hours, the hours spent on those. What is the lo- what's the longest piece? What's the most complicated, the longest, the one you had the most hours into and what how did it turn out and did you ever end up trying to make it better or was it just like no, I'm not trying that again. I'm done with that. Um I think I think the most complicated one was that Pikachu meme. Mhm. But um uh, the longest the longest one that ever took me was a from no face, uh, no face from Spirited Away. 
-hmm. It was when I was first starting with the cane thing. And that took me like two days and it did not turn out as well as I wanted. And then I realized I was using the wrong clay. (laughs) Yeah. Using Sculpey 3? (laughs) (laughs) I was actually, I was using Primo. Mm-hmm. Which is not bad, but it wasn't the right clay for canes. And then right. I think a year later, I tried it again, and it was so much quicker. I did it in like a few hours, and it it came out so much better. That's awesome. I, I it's got to feel good, right? To to go back to something, and go yeah, I, I nailed your it skills. This time. How your skills have upgraded. You mm-hmm. know, it, it was pretty cool to see. Like usually, like I said, I don't like to remake uh remake uh items and stuff, but um. It when I do and I see how much I've changed and how much I've grown, it is satisfying. Oh yeah, it's it's got to be. I mean, there there are t- even every once in a while. So uh, I have all my photos stored in Microsoft OneDrive. So every day I get basically the equivalent of what you know Facebook does on this day. And there's time hop. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and when I started doing when I started doing woodwork, I'll get I'll get pictures of the first few projects I did, and I'll look at it and go. Oh my God, you were proud of that, huh? <laughs> like, I'm just horrified. Like I look at the stuff, I look at the stuff I make now and I'll readily admit to anyone that I am not the most accomplished woodworker. I work really hard. I like what I do and I think I make cool stuff. Yeah, but you do. Were, thank you. But there were things that I made in the beginning where I was like, oh. What was I oh, thinking? Oh no. <laughs> like that that's not good. Like, why did you show that to anyone? Like, delete that, delete that. <laughs> Don't show anyone that. It's all on Instagram. Everyone's gonna see. <laughs> you know, that's how I feel about my YouTube videos. Um, mm-hmm. A while ago, I I looked at one of my first YouTube video. I uh, it was a Sailor Moon cane, and I was watching it. And then the whole time, I was just bashing myself, like, "You idiot! Like, <laughs> what are you doing with this? Oh, no, that's not how." You- gosh that would have been that this way would have been so much what are you even thinking <laughs> like i was just watching myself and now i can't watch the other videos because i i cringe so hard <laughs> well this is a good this is a good lead into what i actually wanted to what i wanted to ask you because knowing that you're the level of perfectionist that you are and you're very you know like we were talking about being your own harshest critic i find it interesting that of all the things to do with your talent you decided to do YouTube, like of all the places you could say, here's my work, you picked one of the most, and this is not to say your fans are this way. However, their YouTube comment sections have a reputation for being slightly toxic. Yeah. And it's kind of amazing to me that you managed to say, yeah, I'm really hard on myself. So let me expose myself to the idiots in YouTube comment sections. Not going to lie, some comments do really... it, I can't say it really gets to me, but it mm-hmm. does not make me feel good. Mm-hmm. But for YouTube, for some reason, when I see really toxic comments, I just think maybe something in their it's something in their life. It's a reflection of something yeah, in their life, and they're, they're just projecting it onto my videos for some reason. So I'm like, hey, thank you for the engagement. At least my video is going <laughs> to get a boost. I've found, I have found, and I have. It took a lot of it took a lot of therapy to get to this point, but I have found that when those people come at you and that when you're at your angriest, your best resort is to just crush them with kindness. Mm. Just be, you know, if they ask a sarcastic question, answer it 
earnestly, like you care about the answer and like you really want to help them get to the answer. Like all these, all these things that, you know, we kind of take for granted that normal people do amplify the hell out of them and just do like the care bear stare on them, you know, just hit them hard with niceness. I have actually watched people turn around in a comment section because we, so a friend of mine, um, Austin high caliber Mm -hmm. craftsman is a great example. He makes incredible stuff, just beautiful, beautiful stuff. And in fact, if y'all haven't checked out Austin's, um, Austin's shop, the pens he makes. I mean, he makes a lot more than pens, but the pens he makes are just, I mean, they're next level pens that he makes all out of metal because metal people are crazy. Anyway, (laughs) he got a comment. He made a pizza slicer once and he got Mm -hmm. a comment from a guy that said something like, this is a stupid way to do this. I would never do it this way. Um, This video was a complete waste of my time. So (laughs) he mentioned it on the discord that we're all in. He's like, I don't even know how to respond to this. I was like, I got this. I jumped into his comment section and I re- responded to the guy and uh-huh. I just crushed him with kindness. And I said, Hey, you know, and that's interesting that you say that. How would you have done this? You know, cause I'm, I'm genuinely curious mm-hmm. if there's a better way, I, you know, why don't you share it so we can all learn from it? Mm-hmm. You don't really have an answer. He didn't answer. I, no, there he was, was no kinda, reply. No. He, <laughs> and that's the thing, right? You're, you're so right though. What you said when you said that people are projecting their negativity, you know, something's going on in their life and they're projecting it onto, onto your video. You know, your video is the target that's a target of opportunity, so to speak. It's right in front of them. It's like, I'm going to hit this with my negativity. And I feel like that the, it's like, it's, um, it's like a keto. A keto is a, mar- the, as a martial art, a keto is not an attacking martial art. Mm-hmm. It's a defensive one where you're redirecting energy. And I feel like if you redirect that negative energy, you're going to get more out of it than if you try to engage someone who's being negative. I mean, there's no, you can't really argue with certain people. Like, even if you have good facts, they're they're not going to really see it because they're still angry, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, facts don't win arguments. Yes. That's, That's what people, you know, you watch a lot of, you know, the best example is politics. I know we don't talk about politics on this show, but Mm -hmm. the best is when you watch people having a political argument. And everyone's under the impression that all I have to do is find that killer fact that's going to change their mind. It's like, dude, it's not. It's not. It's, it's not. not. It's not even going to register, let alone change their mind. They're not listening. You know, they're they're waiting for their next opportunity to get you. Mm-hmm. So just put it away. Just put it away. Go to your Zen place and have a happier day with you know yeah, the rest of your life. Sometimes I think if you find that fact and it turns out to be correct, you're just going to make them even more angrier. <laughs> They're going to be even more stubborn about not listening to you. You heard it here first. Tomatota says the truth creates backlash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so usually I just, I'm just like, I'm just like, okay, all right. I just replay just, all right then. Yeah. And, and I, I feel like that's even, that's even a good way to do it. It's like, okay, I, I saw what you said. You know, I know that um, Drew Fisher is another one. He's really funny because what he does is he'll heart those comments, and mm-hmm. if they're particularly bad, he pins them. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so like everyone can see them, and there's people are under strict orders to not engage negatively mm-hmm. with those comments. And it's like, oh, this guy is just like tired of hearing. Have a nice day. Thank you for commenting. You're such a nice guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like, but it works. It works because that's not what they're expecting. When you don't give the trolls the reactions that they're expecting, it just kind of comes out a little yeah. differently. Yeah. 
I mean, I've seen YouTube videos of like wholesome like puppies just running around and they have dislikes and they have bad comments. And I'm just like, <laughs> well, if these puppies can't make everybody happy, if there's people that hate these videos, then what am I supposed to do? You know, can't win right. them all. You're not you're not going to win over the puppy crowd with Paul, the anti puppy crowd with Paul McClay tutorials. This exactly, exactly. Happen. You can't win them all, so it's just don't don't bother trying. Just do you like you have enough? You know you'll have enough supporters that outweigh the negative. I know the negative sticks out a lot more, but still, just try to not think about it and just think of the supporters. One of the things I dig. One of the things I dig about you know your journey as a content creator was a few months ago when you gave me one of the scares of my life, just as, you know, I started mm-hmm. to get to know you, not just your content. Mm-hmm. When you posted something like, um, I hate Instagram. I'm leaving Instagram because oh. I don't ever get to see the people I like on Instagram anymore. And I was just like, no, no, oh. not, yet, not yet. Not yet. I'm just getting to know you. Like, no, don't do that. I'd be very sad if I can't chat with you on occasion. But I, I, I did notice exactly what you're pointing out that, Instagram has a weird way of hiding things. I've talked mm-hmm. about it a few times where I'll think somebody left Instagram and then I'll go and I'll find they've been posting still, for the yep, last two months. Yep. Um, have you turned around on it or are you still annoyed or you're not going to leave Instagram though, right? Oh, Can no. we just, yeah, okay, I, good. I can't leave Instagram because of, so I, I, I am still annoyed of Instagram. It's still not showing me people that I want mm-hmm. or like that I talk to often. But I do, like, every day, like, at least an hour or two, I spend chatting on Instagram with, like, a bunch of different crafters. Mm-hmm. So because of that, I can't leave Instagram. You know, all right. my friends are here. And if I leave, then I won't be able to talk to them again. So I I will be staying on Instagram. Um, oh. I, but I'm not going to lie. Like, my passion for Insta- growing my Instagram and just you know being on instagram or like even interacting on instagram is a little like it's died it's died yeah i can imagine i mean and you know i look at what you're doing on tiktok where you have a lot more going on as far as oh no 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 tiktok tiktok is a uh, tiktok is it's just something that i was like hey let's try this out and then i got a, one of my videos kind of blew up and it mm-hmm. it, it scared me because TikTok is very toxic, and I, I, I think it's worse than anything else. It's by the worse. Way. There's it's TikTok is chaos. There is no rules at all for TikTok, and and um, I think also because when TikTok blew up, it was like 2020, and you know, like everyone's home. <laughs> yeah, everyone's home, and everyone's probably like angry or bored, and that probably contributed to the toxicity. But like, it was just. When it blew up, um, at first I was like, okay. And then I got these comments. They were in Korean. And they probably didn't know I was Korean. And they pretty much said, it's cute, but it's trash. And then people (laughs) in the comments underneath were like, yeah, this is kind of useless, but it is cute. And then they're like, yeah, I guess it's just trash. And then, (laughs) yeah, I was like, oh my gosh. And then people kept replying underneath that. And I was like, Oh, so this is TikTok. I am so <laughs> scared. I am so scared. So I I thanked them. I was like, thank you guys. Like, even if you think it's trash, at least you think it's cute. And then that's when their attitude 
started changing. They're like, oh, it's cute. I didn't mean it. Or well, I was like, well, it's Does too it, late. You know? It kind of went from you went from an other to one of us. And it's like all of a sudden everything just the whole, the whole tone of the conversation becomes something else. Mm-hmm. It's really. And then after wow. that experience, I got really scared of TikTok. And so even though I post once in a while, I kind of pray that it doesn't really blow up just because I people in the comments are going to, I don't know, like, like, oh, if I have a tree in the background, they might say, oh, that tree is overwatered. So, um, you know, we need, we need to cancel you for taking a picture next to this overwatered tree or something like that. Uh, yeah, TikTok scares me. But. I'm laughing because I'm laughing because I've seen this. Like I've seen this kind of thing happen, and it's so ridiculous. But it's it's, it's true. It's the truth. It's we had a guest on. It's the one really negative review that we've gotten on the podcast since we started doing it. Mm-hmm. And this one really negative review is like they don't let the guest. I tuned in to hear this guest. They don't let him talk, and I tuned out halfway through. And it's like. Well, okay, not every guest comes on the show and is like a fountain of discussion. Some people need a little bit of time to lead Mm -hmm. into chatting. Mm -hmm. And the sad part is the second half of the show, the guest that he was talking about really opened up a lot Mm -hmm. and was talking about like we talked about old TV and retro computers. Like the conversation just went, you know, because this is a podcast about making and creativity, but we had this guy on and we were talking about retro television and it's like, this is fun stuff. Like it's a shame that you missed it, buddy. But you know, you, you missed miss- out. Yeah. I got that negative review and I, I, I know the guy's name. I know roughly when the review was left. It bothers me every single no, day. You can't it's let the- it bother you. No. And that's the thing, right? Like the, it's the same with the comments, you know, when you get the negative comments, it's like, I know this is a small a but it small really fraction. hurts you for some reason. It hits so yeah. hard. Like, because when you're putting content out, I feel like it's almost like putting your product out. You know, if somebody doesn't like your product, I will bend over backwards if somebody doesn't like something I made to remake it for them. I once had someone ordered a bracelet from me. Mm-hmm. She gave me no direction. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally no direction, except, you know, those black and white, those black and white stones that you have. I like those. Can you incorporate those and some silver roses into the design? I'm like, yeah, sure. I can do that. Uh I did it. Oh, uh, can you do some like spacer beads? I don't like the way the beads are all sitting next to each other. It's like, okay, look, this isn't like design a beaded bracelet. This is like, I get that I do customs, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, can you give me all of this direction all at once Once, instead of making me make it and then remake it and then remake it? And eventually we did settle on something. She was very happy with it. I'm not... I guess that's just comes with the territory, but I almost, I can tolerate that because it's a physical thing. Mm -hmm. But when somebody doesn't like an episode of the podcast or a video I put out on YouTube or something I put on Instagram where somebody leaves a negative comment, it Mm -hmm. just, I don't know. It's just like, it's soul crushing. It is. It is. (laughs) It's it's, soul crushing. Even though it's just one comment and you have like 20 or 50 or a hundred other comments saying good things. That one is just... You'll it only runs in your mind and you're like, oh my gosh, what is this person's problem? You know, there's a theory with sites like Yelp where it's like, oh, people are way more motivated when they're angry. Yes, yes. And they're yes. much more likely to leave a negative yes. review. And it's just like, it's the same thing when people comment on your videos, your podcast, all the stuff that you're making. It's like, oh yeah, I think you suck. And I have no problem telling you you suck. Whereas if you're doing awesome stuff, it's like, 
they they oh. just watch it and do walk walk away. They're like, oh, like, cool. oh cool, yeah, this is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah, I've made it a process. Once I started realizing how much the negative comments affected me, that was when I started. That was when I started really being more active about leaving positive comments. Mm. And like, I literally i i have I have a new way of dealing with life. Mm-hmm. That thank God for my therapist because she didn't come up with this. She kind of goosed me in this direction mm-hmm. where it's just turned anger into action. And when so I'm to angry punch about someone, was that <laughs> so to punch someone? I mean, you know, that's that is action technically, right? I mean, you yeah. know, you might have to, sometimes you have to hit someone and it's just the way it is. But, but yeah, like if I'm really, if I get angry about a bad, someone leaving a bad comment, mm-hmm. I'll just go into Instagram, go through my feed and start leaving really positive comments Aww. on everybody's stuff. Like it's just, wow. It, and it's, it's, I'll tell you what, it, it does, ch- it brings you off that ledge very, very quickly. Oh, interesting. I, I like that. I like that I've started to develop a reputation as one of those like encouraging positive type mm-hmm. people. You definitely are. Thank you. Oh, I'm going to bottle you up and keep you. Um, but it's, it's, I think that that's something that, I think that's something that, you know, as artists, makers, creatives, I think that's almost the easiest thing that we can do for the other people that are doing what we do mm-hmm. that kind of just says, hey, screw all the people that are negative. I really like your stuff. I'm a big fan of your stuff. I think your stuff is freaking amazing. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to promote your stuff. I'm going to share it to my stories when you make something cool. I'm going to, even if it's just a DM that just says, holy crap, that was awesome. You know, I think that that goes a long way when you're in a mood and you get one of those, like the mood just instantly gone, instantly gone. You feel better. Definitely interesting. I never thought of uh, handling the situation like that. I don't engage the negative people directly mm-hmm. anymore. I used to. I used to be one of those guys. Like I'll sit on I'll sit on Twitter and I'll argue with you for hours on Twitter. I'll go back and forth no. and I will have the last word. You know, it's like Mark Twain said, never get into a never get into a war of words with someone who buys ink by the barrel. I buy ink by the freaking tanker truck. <laughs> like, I will sit there, I will fight you all day until you're exhausted and you end up blocking oh me. Oh my gosh. But I don't do that anymore. Because just- I just Life has to go on. I mean, there's things to do. Yeah, just be like, cool story, bro. And then walk away. And I think that almost, that actually, to an extent, that almost makes them more angry. It's like, wait, you're not going to engage me? I'm not getting to you anymore? No, No. you're not. You can't get to me. You're not that close to me. You don't matter. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I think you should just spend your time doing something better than arguing Mm -hmm. with a stranger whose mind you'll never change anyways. Apathy. The opposite of love is apathy. <laughs> it's not hate. It's apathy. Mm-hmm. Hate takes energy. Apathy takes no energy whatsoever. <laughs> exactly. But I mean, it, even still, you have the because I really don't have the energy. So I'm just like, yeah, okay, whatever, and I'll go on with my life. But you, you actually take that energy and make it into a positive thing for others. That's what I've been trying to do. Yeah, it's. I feel like that's almost my responsibility. Like if you want to, it's like, I want to see more positivity. Well, I have it in my power to create more. So Mm -hmm. let me create more positivity. And I think that that's something that, I don't know. I just think it's something we could all probably do a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Like I was on Instagram today, very briefly this morning Mm -hmm. and I was going through my stories and everything is like, if you blank, then you should blank. 
every story, you know, you need to do this. You need to recognize this. You need to understand this. You need to, and I'm just thinking like, Jesus, no, I don't need to do any of this. And this is pissing me off. And I'm just not going to bother with Instagram today. Like it's one of those days where Mm -hmm. I don't really want to hear all the things I'm doing wrong in my life and have you tell me how I could do them better. Like I'm just. Who who is doing, wait, what? Who is posting stuff like that? Dude, my Instagram stories today. Um, when I opened up Instagram the first time this morning, I was laying in bed because it, it just it's just like a habit. The first thing I do when I wake up is mm-hmm. I I grab my phone, you know, bleary eyed, put my glasses on because I can't see crap anymore without my glasses. And I'm, you know, scrolling through. I'm like, oh, I got some Instagram notifications. OK, well, who's this? All right. All right. Cool. Oh, look, there's my stories. Some people I like are posting stuff. And it's like if you don't recognize blank, then you are blank. And it's like, oh, stop. Oh. Next story. Oh no, it's a, it's an epidemic today. Oh no. Oh no. Okay, close Instagram. I'm I'm done with this. I'm going to go eat some breakfast. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so glad I don't I don't really see that on on mine. Yeah, you you probably I mean, I follow so it's interesting cuz I don't follow people that do that kind of stuff and I tend if you're one of those overly political types, mm-hmm. I do tend to mute people like that cuz mm-hmm. I do want to still follow your stuff. I still want to see what you're doing. But I also don't want to lecture every time I open my stories. Like I, I don't, I don't want that. Mm-hmm. You can have your moment. Just have it with somebody else. It's not, <laughs> it's not for me today. Mm-hmm. And man, there are just days where it's just like it's a Blasting slog on. to get through my stories. It's just exhausting. It's like you guys, there's a world outside. It's not just about making memes and sharing them in your your Instagram stories and telling people how terrible <laughs> they are. Like, let it go. Like, let it go. It's okay. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. <sighs> but at the same time, I also got a lot of really nice comments this week. Oh, that's um, good. Yeah, about the episode that we did last week, which was which was stellar. I was so happy having Chris on and it was so much fun to talk to him and the feedback has just been so good and it's like, you know what? I feel like we we're doing something right. Wait, you do know? you guys you, have an Instagram for the podcast or is it your We do. Oh, you guys do. Finally, okay. yes. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's funny. When I first approached you about coming on, we didn't. <laughs> oh, okay. So it's really recent then. It's, it's yeah, pretty yeah. recent. Okay. Yeah, it's it's probably the last, I don't know, the last two and a half months or so. But Oh, has I, time flown by that fast? <laughs> yeah, it, okay. doesn't it feel weird? Like, uh, So I think the first time I asked you was probably, I th- I'm pretty sure it was like the fall of last year when I asked oh. you to come on. And you're like, yeah, I'm, once I move, which we're going to talk no, about next. No, it was because- fall. It, no, no. Once I move, was it? Was you it? said, so you told, you was like, well, I'll do it. You actually said what you said to me was, I'll do it, but after I move. Yes. And I'm like, yes. oh, okay, cool. Yeah, great. Okay. Um, so how's that going? I know, like, I'm staring down the barrel of a moving truck soon for my, you know, my all my tools and mm-hmm. supplies and I'm crapping my pants a little bit. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> like the idea of moving all this stuff is just it's very uncomfortable to me. How did, how's it going? Are you finally settled in? Yeah. Or? Yeah. I mean, so the packing part, even though I had a lot of stuff, the packing part was fine. It's just, you know, what to do with the leftover things that I don't want to take with me. Um, um, but then the unpacking part was the nightmare because you take everything out of the box and you have, all these little trinkets and, you know, things and you don't know where they, sh- they should go or you don't have enough storage. And like mm-hmm. for me, 
I'm not a person who like when I use something, I put it back where I where I took it from. I just <laughs> shove it wherever is convenient. Wherever it fits at the moment. <laughs> yeah. So when I unpacked, I had to actually like pile things into things where they should be and where mm. they shouldn't be. And so that I ended up, I think, like unpacking for two to three weeks just to make sure everything was fine. And like I want to keep it nice. But I know after a few months, everything's not going to be where they're supposed to be again. <laughs> my favorite thing, my favorite thing, is when we were talking about the organization of our respective spaces, and I showed you a picture of mine, and you're like, "Look at all those bins! Everything is so colorful yeah. and so organized." I'm like, "Yeah, this is a rarity." What I tend to do is called tornado chic, and I was like, mm-hmm. "And I, I completely understand because sometimes I have had the moment, and I think you could probably relate to this, where." You know, um, I want to start a new project, but my table yep. that I work on is a yep. mess. And what do you do? You just put your hands on and you just kind of carve a space. Like you spread your hands till everything is, you have enough room to work. And it's like, well, that's where I'm working today in the middle of this mountain of things. Yep. I feel like as a crafter, you can't have enough table space. Like- Ever. No. It, it, and that's, I think that's for every maker. Like every, every horizontal space will accumulate everything you have mm-hmm. very quickly. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, oh, that'd be great. Now I have all this horizontal space. I can keep this out. No, nope. <laughs> it's not the way it works. You get a bigger horizontal space. You have more to work. Yep. Not, it's not Horizontal space is not storage. Yeah. <laughs> at least allegedly. So good. So you're all moved in. I noticed one of the things that caught me off guard, because um, you generally don't show yourself on camera. Yeah. And then a month ago, I did. It's like you went to clean your pasta machine and I saw the thumbnail. I'm like, holy crap, she's on camera. <laughs> I mean, I do on Instagram um, because, mm-hmm. you know, when I make earrings, I do uh, like put them on so people know what they look like with them on because I don't want to surprise people when they order it <laughs> and they're like, this isn't what it was. So um, I do show myself, but like on YouTube, I didn't. And it's just because like the previous place we lived is is really bad for Mm -hmm. filming in general and that's also why i had to push the podcast the podcast until now until after i moved is because Mm -hmm. um the previous place we lived also the wi-fi was not very good we lived in the middle of the forest so everything gets cut in and out or it's really slow and it's really dark too so i saw i can't really do anything besides table filming with direct light that makes sense. Yeah. But, okay. But now I'm here in an actual city. I'm in a <laughs> metropolitan city with lots of sunlight and good Wi-Fi. So now I can start, you know, doing those things that I've pushed off doing. It's It was so funny to just, like, I'm scrolling through. And I know what you look like. I mean, it's not a mystery. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm scrolling through my YouTube feed. I'm like, whoa, she's putting herself in her thumbnail like what (laughs) i wasn't expecting that at all and then it was like two videos of you actually one was you starting to be on camera and then the the one about the different e-commerce platforms Mm -hmm. were actually on the video for most of it i was like wow i mean that one if i could like for these videos like if i don't have to put my face out i would like that but then sometimes there's like it's just filler i can't just do like a blank black canvas and just have me like voice over it you you know you kind of need a visual thing Mm -hmm. and so instead of putting a bunch of different pictures into clips and making that a video just putting my face out there is like just 
easier to record, I think. Well, it, it humanizes. It humanizes a little bit. Like, I know that, you know, it's humanization is a, sometimes a bit overrated, but, you know, people being able to see you talking is probably like, oh, okay. Because that kind of does, even if it's subconsciously, that does create kind of a bond between you and the people watching. Mm-hmm. So it, it was just really it funny, like, out of nowhere to see... I think in the video where you did with um, Peng Su with your friend, uh-huh. um, you weren't even on camera in that one. No. Like it was just your friend that was on camera. Actually, I was going to. I I brought my gear to her house, and I was mm-hmm. like, you know, we're gonna film. And then she's like, I'm gonna be on camera. And I was like, yeah. Like, what do you think this is gonna be? And then she's like, I didn't even shower. So I was like, <laughs> all right then. I guess we're not being on camera. <laughs> Because she gets sunlight in her house. So I was like, yeah, we're going to do this. But then, you know, plans change. I mean, it's it's fine. I'm totally using you for real estate value here. We're totally. It's all about the sunlight. It has nothing yes. to do with you. You're cool, but your house is cooler. <laughs> it's, like, it's like in the summer when you have a friend that you don't particularly care for, but you spend time with them because they have a pool. Like that kind of thing. Oh, my gosh. Is that what you did? I'm not going to say I did it. I'm also not going to say I didn't do it. So let's just... <laughs> can leave it we could definitely leave that one on the table but it's okay because i don't talk to him anymore anyway so oh okay do you have your own pool now is that why <laughs> i deserve that i deserve that um let's get into um let's get into our things of the week so i know that i i i know i mentioned it but i might have not like really mentioned it mentioned it or we didn't I'm really bad, and I apologize in advance. I'm really bad about prepping guests. And mm-hmm. based on a podcast experience I just had last week, I'm like, okay, I've just got to do better. Like, I do good at the initial introduction and asking people to come on, but I don't do very well at prepping. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to do better at that. And okay. I'm really, really sorry that I didn't do particularly well prepping you. I was probably just too damn excited to actually have you on, to actually know how to prep to have you on. I mean, I think just doing things as it goes is a mm-hmm. lot better and more natural it's I know. organic yeah i don't like structure yeah same here same here. i don't like oh, just i just like it. to wing it so i think it's better that you didn't like really prep me that much like good, good. i wasn't gonna okay, good. study for it anyways or <laughs> I, you know it's funny because i was like i i was going through and i always do at least a little bit of like <laughs> research mm-hmm. i call it research it's not research it's me looking through socials and looking through and i'm like i knew that already i knew that already mm-hmm. i knew that already i knew that already and you know, I, I kind of have a good gauge for your sense of humor because we've had plenty of conversations mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, no, this is I don't need to do any research on this. That's why when Ethan was like, I- I'm going to be in Rwanda tomorrow and it's like, <laughs> all right, that's fine. I'm just going to go with Emily on my own. Then it's all good. Yeah, it's, it's all, all good. good. And I knew it would be fine because it's like, no, we've had these conversations. It's all good. Yeah, It's convenient that it's convenient that it was a week where. It was somebody I actually knew enough to have a conversation uh, with. If I was a total stranger, that would be a different story, huh? That would be awkward. <laughs> Luckily, you know, I will say Ethan is never not here. And the only times he wasn't here, we happened to have a guest that I knew. And I was like, oh, this is, okay, yeah, I can just, I can Was that a it. coincidence? A, you know, maybe he's just, maybe he's visiting Rwanda when he knows it's safe. <laughs> huh, huh. Yeah. Now that you mention it, <laughs> but I did, you did bring, I know you're going to bring a thing of the week. I know you brought a thing of the week. What is your thing of the week this week? So I didn't completely understand this, but you said <laughs> it could just be anything. So I, I'm going to go with my first uh, answer and my thing of the week is hamsters. 
<laughs> Especially Syrian <laughs> hamsters. Because I am obsessed with hamsters. And, like, I... I it's, it's a little bit um, of a concern i think of how much i i like hamsters how much i love hamsters and like you know now that we have a car because um this is the first time i've had a car but moving yeah, you were saying were you was it you that was saying you just got your driver's license no that was my husband oh. he just got his oh. permit yeah oh god he just got his permit but yeah so we didn't we've never had a car and mo- after we moved here we just got a car and now, like on the weekends when we do like errands, we will always stop by like a Petco or PetSmart or like some <laughs> kind of pet store and just look at the hamsters and leave. And we're like, yeah, let's hit all these pet stores today. And then we just, that's what we do. Just look at them. I have had just, just to, you know, be the host that's relatable. I have had gerbils mm-hmm. and I have had white rats. So <gasps> oh. I, I love I love little rodent guys. Yes. I really do. I am a total rodent. I've never had a hamster, but I've had gerbils and white rats. And I, there, yes. people don't understand how attached you get to these little yes. guys. And it's just, I really do. I know that to some people, the idea of having a rat is gross. No, but, but just they're, once they're you so have snuggly. One. Yes. Once you have one, your, your minds will change. Mm-hmm. It's one of those you won't appreciate it till it happens to you type things. Yes. And it's it's pretty awesome. Like one of the great things, like growing up, we weren't we lived in places where we weren't allowed to have pets for mm-hmm. most of my childhood. You know, we we had a more lenient landlord when we got a little bit older and having a pet wasn't as much of an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, but we weren't allowed to have pets, but we were allowed to have like gerbils and, you know, fish. Goldfish, and yeah. Like that. yeah. Anything that you could put on a dresser mm-hmm. like you were allowed to have as a pet. And it's, you know, I kind of got accustomed to having tiny little, you know. Yes. And you think, tradi- do you think what's that? It's, you think it's it would be like so stupid to have one, but then when you have yeah. one, they're so full of personality. And well, I don't know about fish, but like you know, rats and gerbils and hamsters, they have their own unique personality and their own preferences, and they really do, especially so. And just to tell you how original I was as a child, I, my rat was named Splinter. Oh, um, geez. <laughs> of course. Like, what else would you call it? Um, but I had a friend who was, like, really, really into rats. Um, mm-hmm. He had, like, 20 or 30 of them. Ooh, the dream. Yeah, he was, like, he was like um, Crispin Glover, basically. Wow. <laughs> and he had um, he had all these rats, and he loved them to death. And he came over one time, and he saw that I had a rat, and he was so excited. And oh. I think he spent more time with Splinter than he spent with me. And then he was sitting there on the couch. We were watching TV. He was just sitting on the couch, and he had her, which I found out later was a her. Oh. Um, he's holding Splinter, petting Splinter, and Splinter is just falling asleep. And it's like, he's like, oh, I, I got to go home. I got to go home. It's late. He goes, let me go put her back. And I'm like, what <laughs> what her <laughs> like yeah you didn't know splinter's a she oh. dude <laughs> so i found yeah i found out that moment that i had been misgendering my rat <laughs> oh no i had her i ended up having her believe it or not i had her for like four years <gasps> that's and a then, life that's a long lifespan for a rat, that's like, you know, that's ancient, you know? Yeah. Um, and then actually when we moved, when we moved, I was like, oh, I don't, I don't want to put her through the hell of mm-hmm. moving. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he's like, I'll take her. I'm like, oh, okay. He goes, yeah, she'll have lots of friends. It'll be great. She's, she's, 
doesn't have a whole lot longer. So it'd be nice to, it'd be nice for her to have a bunch of friends to hang around with. And apparently she lived another year and a half. Oh, wow. I've never heard of, I've never heard of a rat living five and a half years, but Splinter lasted five and a half years. Oh my goodness. Well, I guess, you know, you did a good job taking care of her. I did. I fed her well. And we had a cat at the time. Mm -hmm. And on top of her cage, we had, you know, you had the typical screen that you would have. And Mm -hmm the cat would go up and sit on the screen and sag it. So we ended up putting a piece of acrylic with holes drilled in it mm-hmm. so that the cat couldn't cave the top in, but she would sit on top of the cage. Just, it was like television for her. Like she would sit there and watch splinter running around the cage. It was the greatest thing ever, but. Oh my gosh. I'm so jealous. I want a I rat to- too. I totally relate. I totally relate. Not to having hamsters, but having a small cuddly little yes. ball of fluff. Like they're the best. But the thing is like rats, like they are so smart and you can train them to do a bunch of things. They're very intelligent, mm-hmm. but a hamster is so dumb. Like nothing, it's elevator music behind their eyes. And I mean, I, <laughs> it's, I, those, it's those doll eyes yeah. that they have. Like there's nothing going on yeah. in their heads at all. Yeah. But it's just, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I just love how dumb they are. Like they're <laughs> like, I That's wish amazing. they were a little smart sometimes, but then, you know, their their dumbness makes life interesting, I guess. Dumbness lends itself to cuteness. Yeah, it generally yes, does. Yes. Like, you know, you don't generally think smart things are cute. You think I mean, yeah, I think I think rats are cute. Is this rats are definitely so affectionate, cute. you know? They really are. Yeah. You know, I so I had her for all those years. And I still, <laughs> she bit me once. I still have a dead spot on that oh. finger. So she clearly bit a nerve. Mm-hmm. And like, I have a dead spot on that finger where I can't feel anything. Oh. Like, it's just like, it's like, I always feel, you know, like when you get super glue on your hands yes. and when you rub your fingers over it, you can kind of feel the where hard, the super glue yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, That's how my skin feels Ooh. all the time on that one finger. Ooh. It's just no feeling. She's like, in that remember, me. <laughs> exactly. remember me. Remember me. It's like Splinter was part vampire, apparently. <laughs> Um. Yeah. So yeah. that's our. That's my story about Splinter. I I love that you picked hamsters because I was telling for those of you listening, I was telling Emily before we recorded. I'm like, oh yeah, no, we've had people that picked Oots cheese balls and transcendental <laughs> meditation and okay. So, so it's, it's it happens stuff like this yeah. happens. Okay. It's whatever has your attention on any given week or something you love or something you just want to talk about. Like it's anything at all. So hamsters. Excellent choice. Um, this is going to make a very interesting Instagram carousel tomorrow. Um, that's okay. for sure. <laughs> okay. I'll find the cutest picture of a Syrian hamster for you. Oh my gosh. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. That makes me happy. My thing of the week is actually a YouTube video um, from our friends, Brooke and Michael at Maker's Workshop. Um, uh, it's just such a good video. So a couple of weeks ago, we had Brooke and Michael on and we were talking about lasers and stuff and Brooke made... Uh, window boxes with her mm-hmm. laser cutting really thick pine and uh, not pine uh, maple and it came they came out amazing well she had all these off cuts so the next video that that came out of maker's workshop was a laser cut serving board where she took the off cuts and arranged them in such a way and then filled the rest of it with resin and it just looks so freaking cool and i actually told brooke the night the night they released the video, I messaged Brooke. I was like, well, I just want you to know, A, love the newest video, and B, as of right now, it's my leader 
my leading candidate for my thing of the week on the podcast because I just I love the way it turned out. I loved watching her design process and how she made it, um, how she came up with the design, how she kind of failed a little bit at the beginning of putting it all together and the things she I like that their videos in general, they're very good at teaching you not just through, I'm going to show you how to do this, but I'm going to fail on camera. And then we're going to show you how we fix the fails. And that to me is worth a million dollars because when something goes wrong and you only know how it works when something goes right, it's a lot harder to do. So mm-hmm. it's a great, it's a, yeah, it's exactly. It's a fantastic video. It's called scrap wood resin cutting board. Very, very original, unpredictable name that she picked. Um, the thumbnail is straight fire. It's absolutely amazing. Um, yeah, go check it out. Um, and if you haven't checked out Maker's Workshop, I mean, they were on the podcast. Why haven't you checked them out yet? Go check them out. Okay. Also, I want to thank the people that make this podcast responsible. Responsible? (laughs) (laughs) How about the people that, how about the people that make this podcast possible? Mm. Yes, there we go. (laughs) Um, by financially supporting us because we like people that give us money. Yeah. We like everybody, but we really like the people that give us money, <laughs> such as Leanne and Nick from Hemlock and Hyde, Dave from Atomic Airship Works, Emily Joyce, Ed from Ed's Clocks and More, Rory from RLL Woodworks, Chris from Full Steam Designs, Jeff Stein, a.k.a. A Weird Guy, Debbie Haddock, Jerry Hyduke. Um, Jerry might be, by the way, Emily, Jerry might be the only follower I have that I know closely that knows who you are. And he's probably the most excited that I'm talking to you oh. today. I just want to point that out. He's oh. actually one of your followers on Instagram also. Oh, okay. Um, Joey from JH Custom Woodcraft, Dean Duplantis, Jacob Anguiano, Native Son Woodart, Robert J. Keller, Scott from Dad It Yourself DIY, the one and only Grant Alexander, Tony Langer from Langerworks, Jacob from Other Dog Designs, Jake from imakejake.com, Al Schultz from New York Woodworks, Justin Ofler from Bear Make It and Greg from Platte Valley Woodworks. And if you haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, um, the episode of Clamp that came out, episode number 59, features yours truly as the third mic because um, Morley was apparently Morley goes to Rwanda once in a while too. So I jumped in and we had a nice conversation, Grant, Adam, and I. So if you haven't checked that out, go check it out, which it was really funny because I was on episode seven. And I was on episode 59, which is 52 weeks apart, which means I was on exactly one year after I was on that show the first time. So that was pretty cool. So go check that out. There are good friends over there and we really like those boys. In fact, um, one of them, you can probably do some math if you know who we've had on, but you can, we're going to be having another one of them on very soon. So just uh, keep your eyes out for that. Emily. Yes. I hope I didn't fanboy too hard. Oh no, no, <laughs> not at all. I actually told I told my wife as I was coming in, I was like, "Man, I hope I can contain the fanboying because this is just going to be really awkward if I just come out and just gush for an hour and a half about Emily and the stuff she does." But oh, I really you did do. Well. Yeah, you did well. I really do like your stuff. I like I like the stuff that you do. I love the way you present your videos, Thank and you. I'm really super glad that I've gotten to know you. And I'm also really glad that you agreed to be on the show because it was a hell of a lot of fun talking Mm, to you. Thank you for having me. I mean, I I know we kind of travel in different circles, but I'm glad that we managed to become friends anyway, because Mm -hmm. it's been really fun. Like, (laughs) I wish I could share some of them, because some of the jokes that go back and forth, we should have like... (laughs) Raunchy. That's borderline. It's just just not appropriate. 
No, no. And and what I love about it is they're not outwardly vulgar. They're just, there's a lot of innuendo and it's just, but we get it's it. so much, it's so much fun. Like it's, it's fun to just relax, you know, mm-hmm. like you don't have to, it's nice to have friends like that where you can just let your guard down a little bit yep. and know that, oh yeah, it's all going to be, it's all fine. Yep. It's all good. Um, I'm going to have all your links um, in the show notes so people can find. Is there anything that you want to promote as we close out the show? Yeah, my YouTube. Please watch my YouTube videos. Like, comment, subscribe. It's my only source of income now. Oh, no, we're going to fix that. We're going to fix that. (laughs) Um, She actually has – she was smart enough to get the custom channel URL. Um, Head over to YouTube.com slash Tomatoda. Um, but I, I have to ask, by the way, and, and um, pardon me if it's a cultural thing that I don't know, but what is Tomatota? I, I meant, you know, it's funny. That was the only question I had written down to ask. And I got so absorbed into the conversation that I actually forgot to ask it. So as we go out the door here, mm-hmm. what is Tomatota? Like, so to- I don't understand. <laughs> Tomatota in Korean means it's a tomato. Okay. Yeah, it's a tomato. That's the name of my shop, pretty much. My brand. It's a tomato. Yeah. Is that so above in your banner? Is that is tom is that tomatota in Korean? Uh yes, it is. It okay, is. got it. Yes. Cool. See, I've this is one of those things that I've always wanted to know, but I always knew that when you were on the podcast, I wanted to ask you what tomatota was. So tomatota means it's, it's a tomato. tomato. Yep. That's freaking fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> and now you know, and now everyone knows. Um, thanks for listening, everybody. We will see you again next week. Have a good one. We do have guests for the next couple of weeks, so don't worry. Um, if any of you are going to Jimmy, to, um, Jimmy DeResta's thing up in East Durham, New York on the 4th of July, his go-kart event that he's doing, which he did last year, he's doing it again this year. I will be there. So if you're going, give me a shout, let me know. I'd like to hang out with you. I'm going to I don't know if it's appropriate, but I think I am going to bring some stickers and stuff. And uh, hopefully I get to see anybody that's coming there because I will be there. I do have a dentist appointment Friday, so hopefully it goes well and I'll be able to be there. But if either way, the podcast will be back on Monday. And that's all you guys care about. So you should care about because that's all I care about. Until then, have a great week, everybody. And we'll see you then. Bye-bye.